Well, good evening, Res Life. Merry Christmas to you. It is always my privilege and honor to get to come and speak to you on Christmas Eve. This is uh, my favorite speaking thing I get to do every year because I love the Christmas story. And it's also a time where my whole family is with me, which never happens. And so it's a great honor and privilege for me to get to hang out with you tonight. And I want you to know tonight I'm bringing a message of redemption because that's what the Christmas story is. If you're here tonight and you are going to be with your family tomorrow or tonight and things aren't absolutely perfect, this is your message, man. This is your message. Because Christmas can be a time that's absolutely wonderful, but it can also be absolutely challenging. And tonight, as I share with you, I'm going to take you back to the story and I'm going to talk to you about how redemption wasn't necessarily a perfect little plan, but God saved us through an incredible story. Normally, we hear the story and read the story from the book of Luke. Luke tells the story from Mary's thoughts and Mary's perspective, the, the mom's perspective. In the book of Matthew, chapter 1 and 2, we see the story from Joseph's eyes. Joseph, the stepdad, if you will, of Jesus, because obviously Jesus was God's son, but Joseph raised Jesus. And I want to tell you that any man in here would have a sense of what Joseph felt if you were told what he was told. Now, any guy in here, just, just take a second. Let's just say even last night, you went on your first date with some girl you're thinking about, you know, starting to hang out with, and you went down to Urban Fire Pizza, and you sat there, and she said to you, man, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you, etc." but I want you to know, I have never been with any other man, and I am pregnant. Now, if that would have happened to you last night on your first date, I want you to tell me what thoughts, went, don't say it out loud, but what thoughts would have been in your head, guys? I mean, I, you know, in my situation, if I were in that spot, I'd be thinking to myself, okay, it just got legalized in Michigan. Maybe, maybe she's smoking a little doobie or something. Something's not right. <laughs> this is not normal. If you're here and you're engaged, which is what this story was, and in that culture, engaged meant married. They had already moved and betrothed. In other words, it, this was going to happen. You don't bail out of it. This is it. And Mary tells Joseph, hey, man, um, I'm looking forward to being with you and being married to you, but you, you need to know I am pregnant with God's son. Now, I want you to hear it straight out of God's word because I'm not making this up. The Bible says that Joseph was faithful to the law, but he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, now, as I read that this year, I thought to myself, wait, wait, wait a second. Why, why didn't God pick a guy that no matter what he was told, he would go, oh yeah, that, that's great. I'll go in with you on this. But he didn't. Telling me that Joseph was a dude just like us dudes. When he got the news, he thought to himself, no way, that's not, that's not possible. No father and mother sitting in here tonight. This girl was probably 14 years old. If your 14-year-old girl came home and said to you, mom and dad, I'm pregnant, but I haven't been with a guy. Y'all know first thing y'all be doing, checking out that social media. What is going on here? It's a, it's a story of real life. And Joseph, this is the point I'm sharing with you, he almost bailed on her. Joseph almost bailed on our Savior's mom. 
In other words, life sometimes brings situations, even in God's plan, that seems a little different. And then they have the child. And Joseph gets another dream. He got a dream saying the first dream was, hey, this really is my kid. And Joseph's like, all right, I'm all in. He was obedient. He said, I accept the responsibility of it, which, by the way, tonight, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you about something in your life, can I just tell you what to be? Obedient. Do what he asks you to do. And then he gets another dream from an angel that says, hey, now listen, you've had the baby, but what I need you to do is um, I need you to get out of here because there's this king named Herod. He's going to come try to kill the baby. So run. Now think about, think about this. God gives you the savior of the world and says, run for your life. Doesn't even make sense. Come on, man. If you're going to give me the savior of the world, at least put me in a spot where I'm really safe. That's not the way this story went. And I think this story is written this way so that all of us living in our everyday life don't look at ourselves and go, everything's got to be perfect. No, this story tells us things don't have to be perfect for God to still have a plan that's in work to redeem your life. Listen, this story happened because God said, I'm going to go down and save the world and watch. It won't be this perfectly laid out plan. It's going to have a corner turn here. It's going to have a kink in it here. You're going to have to jump through some hoops over here because it's not going to be that easy, Joseph and Mary. They even live two years away from their home. This is not an easy story. And when they finally did go back home, it wasn't easy there. I thought about Joe's. I thought about what it would have been like to be him because he got the dream, but his family didn't get the dream. You know there were people talking behind his back. You know there were cousins going like, yeah, come on in, Joseph, the believer of the little liar. That's what they did to him. They mocked him, made fun of him. And I found myself... Because sometimes with what I do and in public stuff, I'll sometimes think to myself, who are the heroes I can kind of look back to and I find my faith in, like people like Noah. Noah goes to build an ark and everybody makes fun of him. And I found myself going, I bet there were days when Joseph thought about what Noah went through and thought to himself, ah, I've been laughed at that same way. I've been ridiculed and made fun of the same way as some of these great people of faith that I've always looked up to. Joseph became that guy. And, and you know what? Pastor said at the very beginning, he was just a regular ordinary dude. And I want you today to see in your life, you need to understand there's a circumstance that you're in in your life, in your family, and you've thought about bailing. You, you, just like Joseph, you're going, this can't be God. There is no way this can work out for God's glory. And I want to say to you today, God can use the circumstance you're facing in your life. Christmas Eve, starting tonight, he can use that difficult spot that you find yourself in to redeem you if you will lay it at his feet. You got to look at your life tonight and go, I don't have the perfect story. I'm not from the right side of town. I don't wear right clothes. I don't look the I don't talk the right line. I'm not even very educated. And God says, I don't care. I am here to redeem your life. It, there is no circumstance tonight in this room that isn't redeemable. That's the Christmas Eve message I want to tell you. And tonight, 
I believe as we look at the life of Joseph, what we look at is a man who said, I want to let my life be used to redeem the world through my little boy that I'm going to raise called Jesus. And tonight, I hope you look at your life story and your life circumstance and whatever you're feeling right now and say, Jesus, I'm going to give it to you. The trial, the head. I thought about bailing this year, Jesus, but I'm going to stick with the plan because I believe you got some stuff in store for me. Tomorrow, tomorrow, maybe there's somebody coming to your house you actually thought about bailing on. And I want to say to you, show the love of Jesus tomorrow again. You say, Dan, this is the 20th year I've had to show the love. Do it 21. Do it 22. Because that's what Jesus did. He paid a price to redeem us. And he gave his very son, Jesus. And I want to tell you that this story I'm sharing with you today is about to turn very personal for me here on stage. Um, As a public figure, Jane and I have committed our lives to trying to be honest and open about our shortcomings, our weaknesses, our failures. Um, In some circles, there would be those that say, you shouldn't do that. You stand up there and look perfect. You got the wrong guy. I'm not. Not perfect. I got more flaws than anybody in here. I got to work on my life. And I want to tell you that I'm going to share a personal story with you from our family. My daughter, Anna, sitting right here, gives me permission to share this story with you tonight. Me and her were riding in the car two weeks ago. This is my Anna, who you've been praying for for the last many years, was wayward, walked away from the Lord. And tonight, I want to talk to you about redemption, because some of you understand the story I'm telling. And so this a couple of weeks ago, Anna and I were riding the Grand Rapids in the car. She was telling me some stories. We were just talking a little bit as a father and a daughter. And I told her one story that I'd never told her before. Her brother, Josh and Amy sitting here too with their two children. Um, they got married. How many years y'all been married? Five years. So five years ago, they got married and Anna didn't go to the wedding. She was not with the family at that time. And it was a hard time. Anybody here gets that. It was just not easy. And it's all forgiven. It's all good. But I'm going to tell you the story. So Anna and I are driving. I said to her, hey, Bird. Hey, Bird's what I call her. I said, Anna, I'm going to tell you. I want to tell you about that little wedding day. I said, there's Amy right there. That's my daughter-in-law. And that's little JJ, I call her. That's Jane Jr. She's carrying around. But. I said, Ann, I want to tell you that when we went to the wedding that day, um, there's a guy named Mark. I said, uh, he was going to come and sing at Josh's wedding. And so I went, I drove to the airport to pick Mark up. And I said, when I go to pick him up at the airport, he knows our family. He's known us for a while, knows I have four children. And he got off the plane and he got in the car and we started driving. And Mark said, Dan, how's things going? Looking forward to singing at Josh's wedding today. And I said, man, thanks for flying in and for doing this for the family. And then he said, how's your family? I said, we're doing good. I said, but uh, Anna's not here. And he's like, well, why? And I explained to him a little bit. And we cried together. I remember driving in the car. He started praying for me. And we drove to the church where the wedding's going to be. He's going to be singing in just a few minutes. 
So as we're driving to the wedding, uh, we're praying and asking the Lord to help us. And I was telling Anna this story. I said, that was so tough because I wanted you to be there. I know you love Mark and you'd love to hear him sing. I'm so sorry you missed that time and that family wedding and stuff. And then she just said, well, Dad, can we listen to him sing? And I said, absolutely. So I got on my phone in the car and well, I pulled over the side of the road and I got on my phone on the car and I pulled up. <laughs> pull up iTunes and I pulled up his name and I popped his song on the radio and we started listening to it. And as we listen to the song, it's a song from the story of the life of Joseph, from Joseph's perspective. I want, I want to tell you how Mark wrote the story. Mark was asked by the senior pastor at his church to write a song for Sunday morning. It was one of those days where Christmas was going to be on a Sunday and this was a Saturday. He said, I'd been trying to write a song for two weeks and nothing came to my mind, but the pastor said, you need to have a song for Sunday morning. He said, so Saturday night, Christmas Eve, this is probably 10 years ago. He said, I woke up Saturday night. I got, I got to write this song and everything he wrote. He said, it wasn't just didn't fit. And he said, then I sat down in my living room and I saw this little nativity scene sitting on the piano and he said, I started just looking at Joseph. He said, and I thought, wow, people don't normally think a lot about Joseph. He said, but I'm a dad. And so I put myself in the Joseph perspective and he began to write this song that I think in just a few moments when Ken and Jared sing, you're going to recognize. And as he wrote the song, he said, I just lived out the life of Joseph and what it must have been like. And then Anna and I are listening to this in the car and we're holding hands and we're both crying like babies because in some ways it was like her being back at the wedding and listening to Mark sing. And we finished the whole song and Anna said, boy, dad, it really is a strange way that God came to save the world, isn't it? To send a little baby to a mom and a dad who... Dad didn't even know what he was really doing. He wasn't even the father, but he had to raise the kid. And the mom is just a young girl trying to figure life out herself. And I said, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy what God did with that little baby. And then we fast forward from 2,000 years ago to Anna right now being eight, almost eight and a half months pregnant right now. And I said to Anna, Babe, it's amazing to me because 2,000 years ago, God used a little baby to save the world. And this year, he's used a little baby to get your life back in order and call you back to him. She's not the same girl she was nine months ago. She's not the same girl. God has used a pregnancy to bring my daughter back to him. And she even said to me in the car, Daddy, are you ashamed of me? And I looked over at her and I said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That, that thought doesn't even cross my mind. The God of the universe is going to use a little baby in your womb to change your life and call you back to him. I will never be ashamed of you. And I want to say to you today. And I want to say to you today, I don't know what your circumstance is, but I want to tell you something. Don't live in shame. Satan brings shame. Jesus brings redemption and hope so whatever you're in tonight you think my situation's worse than that it doesn't matter God is about redemption Jesus Christ came to give you hope and if God wants to use a baby to bring my daughter into a relationship with him and bring him home to heaven then stick two of them in there because God can do what God wants to do to bring about redemption. I don't think that's true. Anna, and I'm saying to you today, 
What does God want to redeem in your life that right now you look at and you go, that's not a good thing. That's unredeemable. I, Dan, you don't understand. I'm addicted. To, I'm, yeah, okay. And I'm saying, how could God use that to redeem you? Will you let him? Will you, like Joseph, just obey whatever he tells you to do tonight? Because he might tell you to give something up. Can you? Will you? If you do, you might have the best Christmas you ever had. So just listen to this little song that Mark wrote Saturday night on a Christmas Eve 10 years ago. Strange way to save the world. And Lord, tonight there probably are some strange ways and unconventional ways you're moving among us. I'm sure you're speaking to some hearts about some circumstances in their lives and their families where they need to just surrender. And they need to look for a path that you're taking them on that might not, just like Joseph and Mary, seem to fit with what they were thinking. But it led to redemption. I pray for redemption in this room tonight. Restore souls. Help us, Lord, to restore relationships. Restore families. And we lay ourselves at your feet. And thank you for saving our world and for letting us celebrate a wonderful time of year called Christmas. We love you tonight, and we surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. You guys are so kind to allow me to come and share every year. I'm so grateful. Pastor Ken's going to come out and bring a final statement to you tonight, but just want you to know I'm grateful that you came. I pray that the Lord spoke to your heart. I pray you feel a redemption love from God in your spirit, no matter where you are. So, Pastor Ken, would you come and dismiss us? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.